This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their tap room in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. Welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios. And this week, we are talking Mexican lagers, Brian. Cerveza. 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 Una cerveza. Por muy favor. Fría. Por favor. Muy fría. Muy fría. Yeah. I'm Tim Dennis. And with me, as always, is my good friend and amigo, Brian Hewitt. Hola, Tim. Hola. Yeah. That's right. Mexican lagers. We're going to drink some light ones, some darker ones, some U.S. craft beer takes on the popular macro lagers. And uh, we're going to sample through a whole lineup of them and get to the bottom of what exactly is a Mexican lager. And uh, I've been looking forward to this. You know, as we're setting up for this show, first of all, we'll dive into this a little bit. What prompted us to do this show one, summer's coming, Brian. Yes. It already feels like summer here. We, we, we're we breaking a little sweat just sitting in the studio. Definitely. Got a little fan blowing. We tried not to get the fan too high because we don't want to be noisy. Did you say we had we, flan blowing? Because I would be into we that. We could do that. Yeah. That may that pair would be, up. That would work. You had yeah. there, but uh, we got the flan blowing on us. Yeah. That's right. And uh, Modelo Indeed. has said that they... They're poised to uh, take the numero uno spot in American beer. Is that correct? Yeah, this is a story I saw a little while ago, a week or two ago. That basically, the CEO of Constellation Brands is predicting that Modelo will take the crown in the United States, which uh, means, based on the numbers he's seen so far, Modelo would be America's favorite beer some point this year, topping uh, Budweiser in sales. Uh, Constellation sales are up about 14% uh, apparently this year, and it's driven by Modelo as well as Corona and Pacifico. So, that uh, was taken from, I think, Yahoo Finance. I happen okay. to see that. And I'm okay. like, oh, that's crazy to think of that. But I know that Mexican loggers have been on the incline for a while now. I did not know that. So this was total news to me. I didn't know Mexican loggers were were really getting that popular. I knew I'd seen more craft Mexican loggers, but I didn't realize mainstream-wise that they were getting that popular. Now, is it Modelo Especial? I, is the one? I believe, well. Are there other variants of Modelo? There is uh well, it used to Modelo be called Negra? Negra Modelo or Modelo Negra. I think it's they changed the okay. order of the words. So I think it's Modelo Negra. So there's at least two. I I believe I've seen as with a lot of these these styles, they also have interesting fruit for variants. Like right. Bud Light's got their lime, so they've got various fruit varieties. If you go to well, honestly, convenience stores. That's where you see the lineup of yeah. these things. So uh, I know Dos Equis has an entire mixed pack of just all it is is just fruit beers. So I was like, oh wow, okay. Yeah. And so it's. It's Mexican lagers, but it's also a lot of other stuff on top of the Mexican lagers. So as you and anyone else that is a regular listener to our show knows, I'm a Michelada fan, Brian. Yes, yes And you I brought are. a couple in, and, you know, curse me if you will, the Bud Light Chilada in a can, I'm, I'm okay with it if it's what's available. Now, I definitely prefer one crafted up at a cocktail bar or, or my favorite taco stand, uh, but the Bud Light one in a can will do in a pinch. And I actually, when I was stopping to get those, I noticed, I believe it was Modelo had some different chilada recipes, and they had a mango version. A mango chilada. Mango, but I don't think chilada, there's michilada and chilada. I think there's a difference. I don't know what that is. I need to, to Google it. Okay. But 
I think that uh, it's not necessarily tomato. Okay. But this one, they had a mango, and then they had another one that was like orange and grapefruit or orange and tangerine. Okay. And that's that's kind of in keeping with what I've seen, you know. Uh, yeah. I see lineups, and, and we went for a lot of the, the taller canned varieties of these just because I'd like to try these without them being light struck and as fresh as possible. So Makes sense. Seriously, Makes sense. the freshest place to get the Mexican lockers is probably a convenience store, and the best format is probably the tall boy. Probably. I would bet they're moving. I bet the ones in the in the yep. little slider rack there, they haven't been there for for years. No, they definitely, they definitely have not. And they were well-picked. The places I looked, they were well-picked over. So I know the stuff moves. I know it's fresh. Yeah. Or as yeah. fresh as it's going to be. So, And I think you said all told, and we'll talk about some of the ones we've got here, but um, we've got like 12 different takes on Mexican lagers yeah. to sample. For for those who aren't aware that Brian occasionally tries to kill us. But, yeah, I do. We were talking about the setup for the show, and he's like, well, we've got 12 beers. He's like, so we can drink three in each segment. I'm Bro, we don't need to drink 12 beers in an hour, man. Well, I figured we could sample them. I, I thought we might do smaller pours, but then I immediately filled my glass. So. Of course, smaller yeah. pour. Yeah. We What's can smaller- talk about the ones, Brian. We can give a good overview. We don't have to We don't have to sample them all. Sometimes we do these shows, and we'll do a blind tasting yes. and rank them. We're going a little more casual. Nate, we're going a little more casual with this one. We're just going to sample them. We're going to talk about the style. Very broad term, Mexican lager. So you got your Clara, your Pell lager. Vienna Lager, Brian. Yes. And I don't want to use up all our discussion in the first segment here, but we'll dive into more of that to the many definitions, many different flavors of Mexican lagers. Indeed. Indeed. There's a, uh, there's a lot of variety here. A surprising amount of variety, more than you might expect. Sure. And along the lines of what you were saying, we are drinking the Modelo Especial now. Yes. What do you think of this? And what are your tasting notes on this, Brian? So I hadn't really been thinking about it while I was drinking it, and I do have a little bit of the Chilada Clamato in okay, my mouth. Okay, still got that. All I, right. I think this is this doesn't taste. There, there are there are some beers that are like super corny or super whatever. This is just tastes clean to me, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll think more on that as I'm going. But I this is enjoyable. I have I have no beefs at all with it. Have you noticed anything in, in your drinking of it, Tim? Apple. Apple. The okay. acetaldehyde, I believe. Yeah, the acetaldehyde. Oh, yeah. Take you another sip there. See what you think. Look for some apples in your beer. Okay, it's basically a salad then because I get That's a little it. I get yeah. a little bit of yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, uh, yes. It's So I might have said fruity in this particular case, but I, I see apple in that. And I don't hate it. I, I don't hate it. I think I'm all right with that. What do you think? This is sweeter than I like Okay. when I'm thinking of a Mexican lager or a light lager like that. It's a little sweeter than what I'm looking for for this type of beer. Okay. All right. It's uh, Now, that's the thing. These these are incredibly popular in the U.S., but I think it's Modelo as a whole. There is the uh, the Negro one that we also need to look at as right. well. So. Now, if they want to make this one sweeter, what they need to do is put some lactose and blend some fruit into it. Yes. And then I'd be like, this is delicious. Yeah. This it's is a, delicious. It's a creamsicle Modelo. If this that's... was more smoothie... They, pon- they need to pontoon this. This pontoon. Yeah. The authentic Mexican creamsicle ale. I mean, that's sure. or lager, excuse me. Absolutely. Lager. It'd probably yeah. have to have some chili, chili powder on it. Though. You know what? Mango chili, right? We have, yeah, that's that's a good idea. I think we have a craft beer I'm gonna, that's, uh, that's coming up that does involve some chili powder in it. So that, oh. that's going to be interesting. I, I'm looking forward okay. to getting that one cracked right. open. Crazy. Speaking of beers, Tim, you should you should tell us what the beers of the week are. Brian, we have a Moy Grande list Ooh. of beers to drink this week. And first, we want to thank our friends at The Nest for sponsoring this segment. Brian, uh, Adam Silverberg from The Nest will be in the studio with us next week. 
Oh, how he's about going that? To, to hang out with us, talk a little bit. And, you know, we mentioned summer's coming up, which brings the 4th of July. And the Nest does just a bang up 3rd of July celebration. So go ahead and mark your calendars for that. Fly on into Atlanta. Yes. Fly on into Atlanta, hit the Nest. And I haven't verified yet, Brian, but we typically see whole smoked gator. Typically, yes. At their 3rd of July celebration. So we'll see if that happens again this year. I did send them a picture of a, a gator with a turkey wrapped in bacon in its mouth, like an apple or something like that, like a little sort turducken. Sort of a turducken? Kind of a turducken with, with, a, with okay. a gator. I'm hoping to see that. Okay. Yeah. They said they were taking notes. I did see <laughs> they, they are. So we'll see. But anyhow, Brian, <laughs> some of the lists we got in breaking with tradition here, for the most part, we have quite a few macros on our list Indeed. this week because a lot of the popular Mexican lagers in the U.S. are uh, macros. We have Modelo Especial that we're drinking right now. We have Modelo Negra, which, Brian, you said was formerly Negra Modelo. They just they did a I little flippy I believe they switched okay. the, the words, yeah. We have Corona Extra, Corona Premier, and Tecati. And then from the craft side, we have a Tactical Brewing Elote Mexican Lager, which I'm a little scared of. <laughs> we'll see. We have Chihuahua Blue, which is a Mexican-American lager. We have Arches, some local flavor here, Arches Mexican Empire. I believe that's a Vienna lager style, I believe so, yes. We have Stone Buena Vesa, Terrapin Los Bravos, and from Iron Hill, a Lemon Cerveza. Yes. Very broad strokes there, Brian, of what a Mexican lager is. It's a large umbrella drink. Yeah. I tell you what, a little fun. What do you think your number one is going to be? Oh, boy. Making predictions. What do you think you're going to like? I suspect that I'm probably the... The tactical brewing one the most. I just kind of shooting from the hip. I think I might what be a low the, day. All right. Yeah, Let's I see. think I might enjoy that the most, but we'll see. We'll find out. Brian, you are listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We will be right back with more Mexican lockers. Have you visited Ironmonger Brewing recently? Take a trip and see the newly renovated and spacious tap room or enjoy the outdoors in their new beer garden with plenty of seating and shade to ease that summer sun. Ironmonger's tap room has a variety of craft beer and hard seltzer on tap with wine and spirits coming soon. Ready for a bit of adventure? Try out axe throwing with Ironmonger's 16 target range. It's a perfect spot for some quick fun or to host your next party or corporate event. So grab your friends and have some fun today at Ironmonger Brewing. Have you ever thought about owning your own brewery but don't know what it takes to get one built? We're Storytime Construction, and we build breweries. We're Georgia's most experienced and hands-on contractors when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding existing breweries. We offer full build-outs, remodeling, and additions, as well as consulting and construction management. Give us a call at 770-733-4343. Storytime Construction. We build breweries. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Your revolution is over, Mr. Lobowski. Condolences. The bomb's lost. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Remember, all episodes are available on demand, so if you miss the broadcast, get the podcast. Beer Guys Radio is available on the Podcast Park and all popular and unpopular podcasting apps. Now, let's get back to this Mexican lager talk. It is a Mexican lager adventure over here, Brian. We're going to drink quite a few... Uh, we're going to talk about them. We are. It, yeah. It's a term that is used broadly for a group of beer styles. It is. 
And uh, I tell you what, I know you did a little research on that. Can you tell us some of the styles that are encompassed in these Mexican lagers? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's kind of, it seems like the, uh, the, the knowledge online agrees on or the consensus online is kind of three real styles happening here under one big umbrella. Uh, there's multiple interpretations. There's a lot of different ingredients that can happen. But, uh, you know, one of the keys to the overall group is drinkability. And another one is flake maize. But overall, there's kind of there, there is the pale lager or Clara that most people are familiar with. That's your Pacifico. That's your Corona. That's your Modelo. Uh, they're clean lagers with low bitterness. They've got high clarity. So no haze. These aren't hazy no, it's boys. it's not hazy. And, of course, they're made with flaked maize. Uh, they're often uh, they're often sold in clear glass bottles for some reason, and I did not figure out why that was, but that seems to be tradition. Um, I don't know. I, I guess that is iconic at this point. It, you, would you buy a Corona out of like a green green glass or brown glass? Now they do have Corona Familiar, I believe, which it's is a brown a, bottle, right? Which is yeah. usually a larger format. It's like brown a quart. I think. Yeah, it's like a quart. Yeah. I really wish I would have got. Did you get a Corona? Fam- I will. I really did. Uh, I did not get it. I got. I got one that was billed as a limited edition Corona, uh, and I course. got suckered by of that. Course. And I think I should have got the other one. So, so pale lager, Clara. We got, we've gone over that. There is also the Vienna lager style, which I think is what most people think that all Mexican lagers really are. Not really, I but disagree. a lot of them are. I would think that most people think it's the pale lager or the Clara, and I've, and I think more people, when you think of the masses and not just craft beer people, some don't even realize that a Vienna lager. The, if someone said. I actually heard someone, one of the beers we've got is Mexican Empire from Arches. Yes. And someone was making a comment one time on a discussion forum and said, what are some Mexican lagers that I can get? I think it was a Cinco de Mayo celebration. And they're like, well, uh, Arches has Mexican Empire, but it's a Vienna lager. It's not really a Mexican lager. And it's like, well, actually, actually, <laughs> did you do you the know, act- that actually thing? <laughs> yeah, actually. So, yeah, Brian, I would I would flip with you there that I don't think a lot of people realize that a Vienna lager is a Mexican lager. I think that. Yes, I think that I, I spoke poorly. I think that you are correct. People think when they think Mexican lager, they think Corona. But when beer people talk about it, it's like, oh, yeah, Mexican lagers are all basically derivatives of the Vienna lager. Not entirely true. In, in fact, like uh, okay. Dos gotcha. Equis itself was a German pilsner that uh, just over time, I think they added maize to it. They changed the name of it. At, but it was basically like a German or an Austrian immigrant made it their, their home, their German pilsner. They just started putting like maize in it. So and, your point being that there may be some misconceptions from craft people as yes. well as the masses. Because I think, and now maybe it's just my bias and what I used to think that uh, – well, all Mexican lagers are some derivative of Vienna lagers. Like, no, not really. They're okay, okay. they're a derivative cool. of various Austrian and German styles, but they're not necessarily, you know, all Vienna based. And in fact, a lot of them are not. And as we were just talking about it, so the the Vienna lager, they're the amber lagers in this context. They frequently, they almost always include uh, corn or maize or something like that. And even though that's not a traditional ingredient for the uh, the original style, uh, Dos Equis Ambar uh, is one. One example of it, and it's it's even sometimes called a Munich dark lager as opposed to a Vienna lager. So there's okay. a surprising amount of, it's pretty much German styles, Austrian styles brought to the new world, basically. And they've had maize or corn added to them to lighten them up and increase some of the, uh, increase some of the alcohol. And uh, with modifications, I think, to enhance drinkability. Was though, that can, possibly due to 
ingredient availability. I think there. so. I, I think, think a lot of times that's the way brewing kind of works, right? It's, yeah, it's a, it was a more widely available ingredient. I think it was less expensive than the, than the malts. I'm like, you don't have the German malts over here, so you could you could substitute what you have coming over with what was available. But uh, sure, do you know? Did you know what? Uh, uh, maize is Tim in in the context I, of brewing. I only know it as a as corn, and I really thought that it was corn, just corn. Yeah, it's it's actually yes, it's corn sort of, but it's corn, and I didn't know this until I looked it up okay. for the show. But corn with their with proteins, oils, and other components of the corn removed to basically make it ferment out more cleanly. So like it's it's supposed to, if it's just maize, it should almost not be present at all. Like it adds. Oh, I see. It just right. adds uh, crispness. It adds like some alcohol, makes it drier, you know, that sort of thing. It completely ferments out. So if you add corn to it, I think you would get more residual corn flavor. And I suspect some of these also include like non uh, maize or non flaked maize. I guess flaked maize would be the right thing to call it. So gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, overall, the well, the, the third category, which I did not get into, is is kind of the other or the craft one. And this is just kind of based upon the, the recent growth of craft beers making Mexican style lagers. And they frequently include things that aren't typically in Mexican lagers, like salt and lime and lemon and that sort of thing, which is kind of based on our consumption of those uh, beers and margaritas, for example, that we happen to like. We was like, well, why not put that in the beer right out of the can so we open it up that way so that's kind of a new step in it but it still kind of falls under that mexican lager umbrella even though they're really not they're kind of an extension of of the the general grouping or style or whatever you want to call it so yeah i mean so overall you're looking at clean beers they're going to have some sweetness to them sometimes corn sweetness but not excessive they're not they're usually not going to be cloying cloying excuse me they won't have a lot of bitterness, and you're not going to see a lot of haze in these things. So, One day. It, Let well, Americans get a hold of them more. We'll, we'll haze up these Mexican lagers. We'll start adding, like, flaked wheat to it, too. Sure. <laughs> a flaked Absolutely. wheat Mexican lager. That's, yeah. That'd be great. Now, you know something that we had Silver Bluff Brewing on the show, uh, what, six months ago? Yeah, that's about right. So yeah. I, I'm not good with timing to the show because I'll think something was three months ago and it was two years ago. But we had them on a while ago, and they've got uh, – they're a passion – for Mexican lagers there. Yeah, and you know what? A lot of a lot of the information I got, I went back and looked at the dissertation they basically wrote okay. up on their website, and it's it's pretty comprehensive. I mean, it's got a lot of information. I learned a whole lot looking at it, and uh, I didn't I didn't realize how much there was to know about it. I was kind of like it was kind of a. I thought Mexican lagers like all right, Vienna lagers and Corona. You know, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah that's a lot that's kind to of what it. I thought. Yeah. Sure. Well, Brian, we are currently drinking a Corona Extra. It says right on the can it is La Cerveza Masfina. Ooh, Masfina. And uh, this is a 24-ounce can. Uh, interesting. Cerveceria Modelo Mexico. So this is another Modelo beer. Huh? Yeah, it's okay. under it's under their umbrella. It's Grupo their, Modelo? Yeah, I think the uh, – I don't recall who actually owns I think the Corona is – if you go far enough, it's actually owned by ABN Bev. So it, Chasing it down. Chasing the tree branches? Pretty much, which is part of what makes it funny is you think about, oh, Modelo's going to overtake Budweiser as being the, the number one beer in the U.S. It doesn't really matter too much to AB and Bev. It's just a different property of theirs. So gotcha. it's like, oh, yeah. okay, we'll just do this one now. Makes sense. Well, Brian, this Corona Extra, what do you think of it? And what do you think uh, comparing to your Modelo? I kind of expected to like the Modelo more just because it's kind of got a, I think it's got a little bit of a better reputation, but 
I've spent so much time over the years at parties and things drinking Corona. This tastes actually familiar. very familiar. Like, yeah, I like I I have a soft spot. In my, I I like this more than the Modelo. I do. Uh, I do too. Yeah. I don't think it's as sweet. I don't get that sweetness as much. I don't get that that appley fruitiness as much. Um, I love craft beer. Yeah, I love a good craft beer. If I'm going to drink a lager, I'm going to drink something like that. I'll grab like a Bebo yeah, from yeah. Creature Comforts. Give me a cleaner Pilsner. Take that sweetness on out of there. Get it on out of the way. But I'm also not a hater, Brian. If I'm at a party and someone's cracking Coronas, I, I would enjoy it. If I'm on the beach and it's hot and i am got salt air in my face and I'm on the hot sand and there are some Natter Days or Corona or what <laughs> have you there, I'm not going to turn it down because that's what's available. I can still enjoy it. And sitting on the beach with a Corona with a lime wedge down in it is kind of a simple pleasure in life, man. That's it, true. You know, I can't, I can't argue with that. It would, it would not be my first preference if I was going for a beer, but yeah. in the situation, uh, I would be totally okay with it. It makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we'll be back to talk more Mexican lagers in just a moment. You're listening to the beer guys radio show. We'll be right back. It's great to see our community coming back to life. The cold weather is fading away, and it's time to enjoy the greatest patio in Kennesaw. Join us at The Nest and spend some time with family, have a beer with a neighbor, or simply celebrate the end of another day. Make a reservation at thenestkennesaw.com for Sunday brunch and enjoy an overloaded Bloody Mary. At The Nest, you'll find smiling faces, great barbecue, and 48 taps of local craft beverages. Don't forget, our outdoor space is perfect for your four-legged best friend. We look forward to seeing you soon at The Nest. The most award-winning brewery east of the Mississippi has come to Atlanta. Iron Hill Brewery and Restaurant is now serving in Dunwoody at Perimeter Mall and in Buckhead on Peachtree near Phipps Plaza. Serving a variety of menu items from a completely scratch kitchen plus craft beer brewed 10 feet from your table. You have to try their cheesesteak egg rolls paired with a signature craft beer. Iron Hill Brewery and Restaurant, serving Atlanta in Buckhead and Dunwoody. Drop in today or make a reservation or place a pickup or delivery order at ironhillbrewery.com. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. So, you know, if you want to, go ahead and uh, wear a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. I want to give a quick shout-out to one of our great radio affiliates, Success 105.7 on 95.5 FM and 105.7 FM in Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma, if I can get that out. Catch Beer Guys Radio on Success 105.7 every Saturday at 3 p.m. and Sunday, bonus, 10 a.m. Now let's get back to Mexican lagers. Mexican lagers, Brian, we are going to talk some about the history. We've kind of given bits and pieces here, and as we've kind of set the stage for this, uh, Mexican, uh, German, and Austrian immigrants yes. came to the New World, Texas down through Mexico. Correct. Settled there, and they brought their brewing traditions with them. Correct. Uh, we talked to Shiner Brewing not long ago, the yeah. Shiner Bach. Classic beer inspired by the settlers there. But would you tell us a little bit more, Brian, about these traditional Mexican beers? All right. So, yeah, a lot of people think that the brewing really started, you know, with, with these immigrants. It, to be fair to, to the people living there beforehand, they, they've they been brewing some form of alcoholic beverage, beer-ish like. Uh, but the actual ba- beer is new 
with the settlers. Is correct. that correct? Like it, it, that started around the 19th century, okay. the 1800s. Right. But no. they were brewing st- stuff prior to that, going back to 900 BC. So just a little shout out, letting those people, you know, don't want them angry. Respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, like you said, the Austrian and German immigrants coming to Texas and Mexico brought within their European recipes. And, uh, they were at the time when they came over, they were brewing beers that were closer to Vienna lagers. They weren't doing as many of the, the Clara beers as they are, you know, as they do now. Uh, so in 1890, a si- significant thing happened. Cerveceria and I, wow, oh boy, quite quite a mech, but yeah, anyway, they opened and they brewed. Thank you for that information, yes. Brian. <laughs> Uh, cerveceria, it's, yeah, there's accents in there. Quatamoke? Let's go with that. Quatamoke, that sounds good. I could not get, I could not get closer than that. They opened, they brewed a Czech Pilsner, Czech Pilsner called Siglo XX, which would eventually evolve. It would be Dos right? Yes. Siglo Dos Yeah, it it was renamed Dos Equis, which means two X's. And, uh, the original name was a reference to. Espanol, Nate. Yeah, that's right. All that Espanol. The original name referenced the 20th century, so which I noted, it was basically their way of saying they were talking about brewing a year from uh, a beer from 100 years from now, like this the, is beer the beer of the, of the future. future, right? And, yeah. And, and I thought about it. I'm like, they were really close to it, you know, in terms of the time that they did it. So that 100 years in the future would have been 1990, and their beer, that sort of beer, was really taking off in the 90s. Okay. So they right. they predicted it. So that is kind of the way things were, uh, how it came to be. It just it evolved over time. Because what we were talking about with the ingredients, the, the maize being readily available, more cost effective, that sort of thing, they in, they added it to the beer. And, uh, I mean, you, you wind up with stuff that's really, really crushable in warm temperatures. So it's, so we it's probably, an ideal situation. We took these Pell lagers. They probably took their, their Pilsners or whatever that they brought over with them and then, you know, added these the flaked maize and such, and boom. Uh, that's what we've got there. You try it out, see if it's going to work. Like, we don't have as much malt. You you. you after the fact, you drink it and you say, hey, this worked out well. I can drink this. Let's go with it. And, and a new style is born. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you you wind up with a lot more Claros, but you still also had some of the Viennas. And uh, that's we're drinking, we're drinking a style right now that I think is a U.S. version of a, uh, the Vienna Lager, the Mexican yeah, Vienna so Lager. Yeah, so let's talk about this, Brian. You brought us El Campeon, which is from Tactical Brewing Company. And looks like it is a collaboration with a restaurant called Cholo. Uh, if I'm reading the label, it's graphical uh, yes. text. So I hope I'm reading that correctly. But this is an elote Mexican lager, which has flaked corn, tagine, and lime in it. What do you think of it, Tim? I dig it more than I expected to. I I, I knew I liked it when I, I saw it. I was like, I happened to be there over the weekend. And I said, hey, this fits in with the show that we're about to do. I'll, I'll bring this back as kind of a wild card. And I said, well, I might as well drink one before I bring it back. And I had it. And I'm like, wow, this is yeah, this is okay. something else. This is really something else. I like it a lot. It's so the, got a lot of interesting flavor, interesting characters. It is. It. I think the tagine and lime are light. So it's yes. not punching in the face. But the taste I get in there from the corn reminds me of like corn nuts, like the roasted corn that you get from corn nuts. I definitely got I definitely got the roasted corn or even a little bit of like almost like a smoked or like charred corn a little okay. bit out of it, which is yeah. extremely pleasant with, which, with everything else going on with that. Yeah. You would not think if you're like, I'm getting notes of corn nuts in my beer, that that would necessarily be a good thing. But this is tasty. Uh, I, I enjoy it. It depends on whether or not you like corn nuts, Tim. Yes, so. I do like corn nuts. And these are easier on your teeth. This is easier on your teeth than corn nuts are. So yeah, they'll that, take that a tooth a, out. They will. They, they the, definitely will. And you know what you're getting if you pick this up. 
you know, if you pick up this beer and it tells you right there, look, we've got flake corn tagine and lime in there. You kind of know what you're getting into. So if you pick it up and you drink it, you would think these would be flavors that you would enjoy. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. And it's it, the other thing that was immediately noticeable, even though the color is not much darker than the Corona or the, uh, the Modelo we had, the flavor has more of a kind of a malt presence to it. It's like, Oh, this, this is definitely a change in direction from beyond just the other, the tagine and the lime and everything else. It's a change in direction from the overall base of the beer too. So, what are the ABVs here, Brian, on Modelo and Corona, especially? I, uh, let's I want to say, Nate, can you find us some ABVs? I want to say they're see, in the four to five range. I want to see because I think if I'm reading this right, we're uh, we're we're seeing a. Uh, uh, let's see. Nate is throwing me up some hand signs. I think I he said 4.4. 4.4? 4.4? Four, four. Four, four. Four, four. Okay, we got 4.4 four on Modelo. We have a 4.6 on that. And uh, is that a 4.8 right there? Sounds like a 4. And a 4.5. Okay, I was going to say I thought the Campion, El Campion may be a little higher ABV, but it looks like they're all playing right there in that same Four, 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 five. You, f- you figure what flavor like this, it's got to be packing some more ABVs. I would think so, no, but it no, does not no, look it like it. not. It is not so at interesting. All. Yeah, I. So, it's I like I like. Part of me is like, ah, it's weird that people are taking this, you know, these traditional kind of group of styles and doing things with them. But I really like what they've done with it. You know, I like I like the the original Corona a, a lot more than I remembered liking it. And that's just dynamite. That beer is great. That's and, tasty. That's and good. as far as I can tell, I did, I looked all over. I didn't see any lactose in it, and that makes me happy as well, Tim. Right. Don't just don't do it's it. It's not right? a smoothie elote beer. It is not, and that would probably be weird, Brian. We <laughs> talked a little bit about limes, talking about the history of that, and you said the limes. You said that's an American thing. Yeah, yeah. The uh, there's a lot of stories as to why and how and where and whatever it came up with it, but uh, it the the thing that everybody seems to agree with is that the uh, adding a lime to a Mexican lager is an American creation, and it's not a very old one. I think. I think it maybe goes back to maybe the early 80s or late 70s, but uh, there's a lot of theories as to why it started, and I'm going to just run through them. To cover up skunk beer, which is something you'd okay. already mentioned. That's what a lot of people, I think a lot of people currently do it for that reason, to cover up the skunkiness of the beer. And I think it's fairly effective at that to enhance the flavor of it. And I'm going to say, I don't think you need to with Corona. Actually, Modelo, I might actually consider doing it, but with Corona, no, no, not so far. Another another thing was it was a uh, old thing to wipe away the rust stains from the cap when the caps used to leave like rust rings on the top of the bottles. That's going back, it's going back a long a ways. while. Yeah, seventies sure. probably. Another one that I'd not heard of is to keep the flies away. I don't know if that's effective, but I, I guess if you have a lime wedged in the top of it, the flies are not going to make it into your beer. But I don't know if the the lime itself would keep them away. That seems like something I'd like to see. The, the Mythbusters break or, or test to see if flies actually do stay away from lime in a beer. I'm going to go no. Probably yeah, not. Yeah, I'd take a hard no on that probably. Uh, and uh, another another thing that people think is it probably was a marketing gimmick originally bought possibly by Corona, and Corona's never said one way or the other if they created it. But the most popular uh, story that gets repeated out there is that and it's, some people claim it's the truth, and people swear by this. In 1981, a California bartender made a bet that he could start a trend of putting limes or lemons, in, in this case, how he started, in the beers and have it catch on and be, be a trend. Literally have never heard that until this moment in time. You said that was the most popular story. I've never heard it before. Have you? Uh, no, I had okay. not, but apparently it was in Parade Magazine and reported in a lot of like okay. official doc, uh, uh, 
journalistic rags or whatever you uh-huh. want to call them as the official story as to why it happened. So popular I just think in terms of tasted critical. good, man. Uh, probably a little squirt of lime in there. Probably tasted yeah, good. Yeah, it that's it, probably part of it. The world may never know. Yeah. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We are going to take a quick break, but we'll be back very soon with more Mexican lagers. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. What in Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash beerguys. Patrons get cool perks like Beer Guys swag and commercial-free episodes. Now, let's get back to Mexican lagers. So, Brian, we've drank through a few Mexican lagers. We have got nowhere to drink in the 12 that you dreamed of No, when we started <laughs> Not all even of this. Close. But... We did have the Modelo Especial. That yeah. was the inspiration for the show because they feel they're poised to take the number one spot. Still blows my mind. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still not quite wrapping my head around that. We had to have a Corona Extra. Yes. Uh, you failed in getting Pacifico or Soul. Yeah. It, it did not cross so, paths with them. It's, uh, so I those, don't see those around as often. I seriously don't. I think, see, I thought Pacifico was pretty common. And Fairly. So I thought they both were. But you were avoiding bottles due to the light struck thing. And I'll, and six packs, like you didn't want a bunch of those sitting around, exactly. right? Exactly. I, I was thinking that most of these, I would have probably considered for Pacifico a six pack if I'd seen it. Yeah. But I was trying all the places I knew it would be fresh. I know that there, there are some places where you could find singles of those, but they may have been sitting on the shelf for six months. So uh, good point. I was trying to avoid situations like that. Yeah. Keep it I'm, fresh. I want you to know. give these as much of an opportunity to impress us with their greatness as possible. As yeah. is possible. So. I also think this is probably a good time to mention our buddy Digidoo Nate moved to Mexico. That's right, he did. A while ago, and Nate came back for a beer fest here in Atlanta not long ago. And we plan on connecting up with Nate to get with a Mexican craft brewer. And we'll talk about Mexican beer, but in a totally different light. Oh, sure. Than what we're talking about right now. You know, we'll talk about kind of the craft scene there. Nate's having a good time exploring it. He still gets a lot of American beers because it is not as extensive there as it is here. Uh, but... Sure, it's a pretty scenery to drink in. Yeah, yeah, it looks great. It All does. of his pictures look yeah. really cool. But, Brian, you were talking about, so who right now, who's making, making Mexican lagers? So it depends. It really depends on what you're looking at. If you're looking at the authentic ones, the ones that are being imported uh, from Mexico, and uh, it's not, not many people are actually making those. So it's a popular style. Craft breweries are making it, you know, so – Technically, everybody's making them in the U.S., but the the ones that are coming over here, 90% of all the brewing in Mexico that comes in as exports or is exported and it comes into here as an import is from two massive conglomerates, FEMSA, which is owned by Heineken, and Modella, 
which is open by or open by owned by AB InBev. Okay. So, so the chances are, if you're having a Mexican lager that's an actual export export from Mexico, it isn't craft, no matter what it says in the bottle. And uh, you know, the fun fact that I, I discovered in the process of this is Mexico is the world's largest beer exporter with sales over four billion dollars annually, and that may actually even be low because it's been a few years. And honestly, there's been inflation, so it might be even higher. You know, as a, my wheels got to turn, Brian, my group, my rusty wheels here. When you mentioned that, and I would have thought like Belgium, maybe. Yeah, but I could see on volume. I think every country, probably, eh, I shouldn't say every. That's probably not right. A lot of countries drink Mexican lager. Oh sure. And I think if you're drinking Mexican lagers, you're probably drinking a decent quantity of them. The type of those type of beers, you're having a six pack or twelve by by the pool on the lake at the barbecue. You're not knocking back, uh, you know, a quad Belgian quad. You're not you're not crushing crushing those by the twelve pack. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I was uh, back in the day when I was in Southeast Asia for a time. I'd go to clubs, and we were frequently having Coronas. It was yeah. the uh, it was the most available thing. It was it was fine, and you know, this, you, they always came with a lime, and we just went went with it. It just, it's just what you did, and it's part of the reason why when I have a Corona now, it's so familiar, and I'm like, oh, I like that a lot. I'm like, I think I just I seasoned myself with Corona at one point in my life. You were a uh, Stockholm. Uh, yes, yeah, Stockholm you were, Syndrome. You were was, captured. You were a captive of the Corona. I kind of was. I was taken hostage, and it was a great. It was a great time. The good music, a lot of dancing, and all that sort of thing. So. And you know what, Brian? A lot of times, that's exactly what it takes. You know that. Yeah. I tell you what, I've got some fine, fond memories of Bud Light. Living in Arkansas, going down to the river, having pallet parties with friends, hanging out there, and just you know listening to music that I hated, but all my buddies danced to it and, and sung, so I sung along. Drinking Bud Lights and just having a good time with friends. You know? Oh, yeah. Again. You can't beat that. Would not be my first choice now, but a lot of nostalgia wrapped up into that. Yeah, and the the same thing with, with Natter Days, the, the trip, the trip down fun. to sure. the uh, trip down, another trip down to Florida for me, actually. And uh, yeah. hanging out there in the, the brutal sun and uh, having a good time and drinking Natter Days. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It's, harassing the guys from the other beer radio show from the Tallahassee Beer Society. Yeah. Because they hated them, they were so almost almost <laughs> angrily. Yeah, and so a lot of my enjoyment of that was really harassing them about it. Yeah, they're so repelled by it. Yeah, but, yeah. and then old Greg Tish from WVFT and Tal- yeah. our Tallahassee affiliate. Yeah, I believe he had a cooler with two thirty racks. Yeah, he did. Natterdays in there, and uh, so that was basically we sat outside in the Florida sun recording a show. That's right. And drinking some Natterdays. We took some three taverns down there. We had some, I think Rapturous with us, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Or uh, what's the other one? Not Rapturous. The well, there other was Sapporos, but I don't know. Sapporos. If, was Sapporos around been. then? Could have been one. It could have been. Oh, yeah, it might have been. It could have been either one. There's picture proof somewhere, Brian. Somewhere we just there have to is. Find it. So we're drinking Mexican Empire now, and we are. I'm enjoying the heck out of it. What are you thinking? I, you know what? I do enjoy this beer. This is a good one. This is a Vienna style lager, much darker than the other beers that we've got into. Yeah, malt, more malt present. Oh, yeah. A lot of uh, really rich malt to it. Very I really, rich. Great really beer. Enjoy that. I want to be straight up with you. This isn't what I'm going for when I think of a Mexican. When If someone says you want a Mexican lager. You know, Corona's coming to my mind. Those kind of beers. I've been programmed there. That's what I'm looking for. And I know, per, per our history discussion here, that the Vienna lager is an appropriate style for that, as well as some others. But when I think Mexican lager, I'm thinking a light lager. I'm thinking a slice of lime, a wedge of lime. Not going to be what I am searching for in this, but that does not mean this is not a great beer. I just, this is a great example. Like it, 
the path that we followed through this shows how much range there is in this. Sure. And, and people call it a style. It's a group. These are these are completely different. Well, I guess Modelo and Corona are very similar, but the other ones, these other ones are really, really considerably different styles. I, I guess the uh, you could sell the the El Campeon and the Mexican Empire are kind of both Vienna lagers, but yeah, like really distantly related. So it's 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 got range. I, I like that, and I enjoy this. I agree with you when I'm thinking Mexican lager. I'm not thinking this, but I mean, maybe over time I could be. I don't know. I mean, this you is a what? really Try good beer. It. The next time you get some tacos and some spicy chips and salsa, grab you a Vienna lager, man. Get get whatever that style is. Grab you a Mexican Empire. See how that works for you. Well, and I used to when I went out uh, to Mexican restaurants, I used to get Dos Equis Amber whenever it was available. I just I preferred that, so I was yeah. kind of already doing. You were that. there, yeah, yeah. I was doing it, but uh, then I then I spent a lot of time with Corona, and things changed, Tim. Things changed, yeah. man. Now I want to run down here a quick list of uh, some of the Mexican lagers, some of the 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 true Mexico Mexican lagers. As we mentioned, Corona Extra. Corona Light, you, you said, which is mostly export, rarely actually found in Mexico, correct? Yeah, yeah. The Corona Familiar, which is the one we talked about earlier, fuller-bodied, sweeter. You can find it in a quart, I believe it is. Usually brown a bottle. brown bottle, yeah. Uh, Modelo Especial, which we've enjoyed. Pacifico and Pacifico Clara. Carta Blanca, Bohemia, Dos Equis, Sol, Tecati, and Estrella. Estrella, yeah. Estrella, yeah. Mexican, okay. Yeah, I believe so. I believe that's a, a, a official Mexican lager. Actually, and all of those fall under the Clara. That's the Clara family, size. correct? Yeah, the, that's the light side, the, okay. the pale, the pale lager side of things. All right, Vienna lagers, uh, Negra Modelo, the Dosakis Ambar, Bohemia Vienna. Uh, you said there are a range of styles there, correct? Yeah, Bohemia makes an entire lineup. Like I think there's four or five different beers, and. Okay. Uh, the the Vienna is the Vienna lager. I'm not sure if they make a Clara or not, or if it's, and they probably do. They probably do. I don't recall off the top of my head. All right. And then Victoria Brian, you said, which is kind of a, kind of rides the line. It's kind of Vienna, kind of Clara. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's, I've never actually had the Victoria. I, I saw that in the list. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting one. So I had to, I've heard that. Of the next one you've got here, Leon. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that. I, I don't know anything about I saw that. that mentioned in a few lists of, of various beers that you ought to try from Mexico. And I said, all right, Leon, I've never heard of it either. I, I think it's Spanish for lion, but I'm down. I'll try it out if I see it. Okay. Brian, if you're here in the U.S., there's a good chance that your local brewery is going to have a Mexican lager of some sort. Some, sure. Some take on that. Uh, some of the popular ones that are kind of spread out across the country, or at least regionally, Oscar Blue's Burrito, Beer Edo, not yeah. Burrito, Beer Edo. Uh, one of our locals, Monday Night Brewing, Taco Tuesday. Yeah. Yep. Is out there from 21st Amendment, El Sully. Uh, Stone has Buena, Buena Vesa. Buena Vesa. And uh, you said it's brewed with ingredients to replicate replicate adding a lime to your Mexican. So no lime? Uh, so I it's I think it actually does include some lime or lime peel in I it. I do believe that adding lime would replicate the flavor of adding a lime to a beer. Mexican lagers. Yes. So much to taste, so much to enjoy there. Good time. And that about wraps it up, Brian, for the time that we've got for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Join us next week as we talk. We're going to talk with the group Craft Beer Professionals about satisfaction of employment in the brewing industry. All right. It's going to be an educational and informative show. For more craft beer info, follow us online. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. And don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Cheers.